0: Good afternoon. Welcome to those who are joining us for the first time and for those who are a part of our every week worship service. And and you know that this is the last day of our prayer and fasting. How are you guys holding up? Kaya pa? You're hungry Ate Oli? <laughs> so Mamaya, we have salo-salo, so we are going to break, for those who are uh, fasting uh, food, uh, we are breaking our fast today. So, later we have uh, prayer and feasting instead of uh, prayer and fasting. So, uh, we'll do that. Um, And as you notice, we are having some technical challenges. That's nothing, right? Uh, If you notice... Uh, the past couple of weeks, the past couple of months, even you know, throughout the whole year, one of the buzzwords that we see on the news, on social media is mental health. Right? Mental health. I don't even have to tell you what's happening you know, in here, the legislations that we are passing recently. I don't have to tell you all about that. I don't even have to tell you what's been happening in New York, the kind of bill that they have recently. I don't even have to tell you the news that we've been hearing every single day. And it's designed, you know, so many of the many of the things that we hear, ang natural tendency natin ay maging anxious, matakot, and more and more people claim to experience depression, panic attacks, anxiety, loss of sleep. It doesn't even matter if you're religious or not right it doesn't even matter if you're christian or not dati kapag sinabi mong you're experiencing depression ang 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 disconnect is uh, baka hindi ka christian there's a disconnect between your christian faith and experiencing mental health issues uh, depression and anxiety and Our world is increasingly becoming more and more anxious. Would you agree? And even if you are a faithful Christian, it will affect you. You either experience it yourself, you know someone who is going through it, or just the general feeling that the world around you is just anxious. And so when our Christian faith and the issue of anxiety is placed side by side, there's a tendency for us to disconnect that. There's a tendency for us to to not see the the connection, how they they address each other, how they connect. You know, for some, Christian faith seems like an escape to that, you know, brokenness of the world. And so a tendency is that we deal with it, Defensively, we are defensive. Um, Yes, I'm a Christian, but I don't talk about you know things like that because you know the uh, I'm called to be happy, uh, prosperous, and joyful every single time. You know, that kind of defensive stance is neither healthy nor helpful. So, what I want to do today, I want to address that today and hope that. You know, we have some handles on how to biblically and joyfully face this increasingly anxious world with our Christian faithfulness. So, it may be something that you are experiencing, experienced in the past, or maybe experienced in the future. Or maybe you have a friend or a relative who's going through it. Or you just want to have an idea how to deal with it because you are surrounded by it. You are surrounded with bad news every single time. So for that, uh, allow me to uh, share with you a familiar passage and please turn with me to the book of Hebrews. This is a familiar verse, Hebrews chapter 12, Hebrews 12 verses 1 to 2. So just turn your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, uh, maybe your neighbor, your seatmate has one, just share with them. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and I'm reading from the ESV Bible. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of the Lord. So let me share with you this afternoon just four ways on how we can live out our Christian faith in the midst of an anxious world. Four ways. First is to remember the faith journey of other people. Remember the faith journey of others. By others, I mean those we read in the scripture. By others, I mean those who came before us in our church history. And by others, I mean those who are around today. When you feel that you are surrounded by a dark cloud of anxiety, Remember that you are also surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. We're reading Hebrews chapter 12. If you just, uh, you know, take a step back and read Hebrews chapter 11, what do you see? What do you see at Hebrews chapter 11? Faith of what? You see names of people who exercise faith. We call that, you know, heroes of faith, hall of fame. hoff, huff. huff. Yeah. <laughs> heroes of faith, hall of fame. It mentions Noah. It mentions Abraham. It mentions Jacob. It mentions Rahab the prostitute. Pan hindi lang sinabing Rahab, Rahab the prostitute. And you go down the line, you will realize that these names, these people have two things in common. Number one, that they exercise faith. Kaya nga sila eh, right? But number two, their lives were not anxiety free. Their lives were troubled, right? Start with Noah, with Abraham, with Jacob, with Rahab. With David, their lives are not hassle-free. Their lives are not, you know, ironed. They experience difficulty as well. You know, just looking at the faith journey of the people, just looking at Hebrews chapter 11, we will realize that spiritual struggle is the norm and not the exception. Let me repeat that. Spiritual struggle is the norm and not the exception. But we don't just have to learn. That's good that we can learn from the scripture and just learn about you know, the people who experience these difficult times. We can also learn a lot from our church history. There's a lot to learn about our church history in, in line with you know uh, an increasingly anxious world you know our protestant faith kung yun lang ang titig natin you know you are looking at you are looking at 501 years of the reformation that's 501 years of stories that's 501 years of history of a difficulty of challenges And those are a lot of struggles to remember. I always mention this particular guy, Charles Spurgeon. I always mention him because he's just so awesome. <laughs> he's just awesome. You know, I I'm studying little by little his life. I mentioned last year that this guy battled depression. This guy battled depression, you know, for most of his life. And there was a time there was a quote that I'm reading uh, about his life. Na, you know, before he preached, before he, he steps on the pulpit, before he stays there, he feels like getting sick. Like there's a, there's a feeling of sickness na, it, that covers his whole body, and his knees are shaking. And I realized, wow, paralang pala ako. <laughs> You know, the first time I, I, I stood on a, in a church stage, I was 17 years old. I was told, I was asked to lead praise and worship. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And you know the feeling? Parang ka. Ang sakit mo. Pwede ba ako tumuloy dito? Ang sama ng pakiramdam ko. Never went away. Never went away. And I, I, I just recently learned about Charles Spurgeon. He is, you know, he's just a lot of uh, preachings coming from him. Aside from battling depression, he also uh, suffered gout. Sino mga gout dito? Sorry, sige. Wag na kayo magtaas ng kamay. He battled, you know, physical sickness, gout. Meron siyang gout. You know, it's important to to learn in our church history because when we are gripped with anxiety, when we are surrounded by dark cloud of bad news left and right, the tendency is to wallow in your situation. The tendency is to not see beyond what is happening. Listen, brothers and sisters, you are not alone. You are not alone. And we don't even have to stop at you know, remembering the faith journey of the people in the Scripture or throughout church history, we can even listen to the faith journey of those who are still around us, of those whose stories are still being written, whose stories are not yet over, whose stories are still you know dot 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 instead of a period. We can listen to how they are struggling with these challenges. And it will do us well to actively listen to them. Uh, two weeks ago, I met with this pastor. Uh, he's a friend of mine. Uh, I met him uh, when we started Heroes Church in BGC. So he was, he was studying then and he also wanted to plant a church. So eventually he planted a church almost at the same time as Breadcomb QC. So I wanted to just uh kamusta how is he and, and stuff like that and i wanted to, to also congratulate him personally because he was recently ordained last year um, so we went to a coffee shop and i asked about his life and his immediate uh, tinanong ko siya Kamustaka? Kamustaka? kagaling sabi niya galing akong school sinundu ko yung anak ko kasi ipopull out na namin siya sa school pupull out na namin siya sa school kasi hindi siya sumasabay dun sa learning ng no mga bata kasi we di- we diagnose that our child has ADHD All right so that's fine How about the church that supported that, that planted you Sabi niya bro that church stopped supporting me 2 years ago What and we they don't recognize our church now as our church plant bottom line is they already cut off ties with that church but the good news is you know our our church is growing our church is growing we are on standing room only uh, in their church and you know this year looking at their finances he said, even in our regular giving, they only have enough until May to support their, their operations. So by May, they have to look for a much, much, much cheaper place. But providentially, they really have to look for a new place because they are already packed. They are already packed. They're They're full. And then I asked him about his few years in the ministry. Few years in the ministry. I said, bro, how did you start in your, in your ministry? How was it? How was the experience? Sabi niya, yes, I was really excited. I was excited to go around the block in our community, you know, handing out surveys, trying to understand the place that he is in. So he, he feels, you know, he got some rejections left and right. Of course, Uh, People would think he's, you know, asking money or something, but he's just handing out, you know, surveys. And there were Sundays, there were Sundays that I prepared so much for the sermon. And this guy is a really good preacher, I tell you. He prepared a really good sermon and on that Sunday, the people at church is him, his wife, and the presider. So I go, oh man, that breaks my heart. That breaks my heart. How were you able to sustain through those years? Sabi niya, I'm sure of the call of the Lord in my life. And when I hear those stories, you know, after leaving that conversation, my, one of my responses is to say, how dare me complain about my life? I have a beautiful congregation. We have a beautiful place. We have great leaders. We have gifted people. And I'm just so blessed. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, you are not alone brothers and sisters. So, you know, just practical applications. When you read your Bible, when you read your Bible, maybe spend a little more time thinking, you know, how how these heroes of faith experience difficulties. You know, look at them as if they are also human because they really are human. You know, study, you know, when you read, when you read Genesis and see the story of Abraham, you know, think about think about the uh, the story of him and and his wife and and the the maid and the family, imagine it like a teleserie. Para humanize natin sila and just realize how difficult it is. And I encourage you to read some of, you know, some some church history. This is not for you know, Bible stud, uh, Bible school students only, read about Martin Luther, learn about John Calvin, learn about my my buddy Charles Spurgeon. <laughs> you know, pa- find about the you know the Puritans. Think about what they did right, but also learn from their mistakes. I'm not saying they're perfect; they also made mistakes. You know you can research the story behind the song. It is well with my soul, right? Some of you know that already. Research. You know the background of the stories that we, uh, background of the songs that we sing. Learn the story behind it. But also, hear the stories of Christians around you. Hear the stories of Christians around you, those who are still alive learn more about you know the persecuted christians in china now hear the stories of those around you even inside this church you know you would be surprised how much spiritual struggle is going on you know we we enter our worship service, you know, we we prepared really well, we want to dress well, we want to smell nice, we put a smile on our faces. But you know what? Honestly, a lot of us are going through a difficult time. It will do us well to hear those stories. You know, I hope that's also incentive enough for us to keep meeting together and not skip church because you are missing out that means of grace to hear you know how this brother of yours how this sister of yours is battling difficult times in in his or her life but keep praying you miss that opportunity to hear the testimony of someone who went through you know a health challenge and was victorious through prayer Now, I also hope that would be in, you know, an encouragement for, for you guys to share your testimony. Sometimes we hesitate to talk about our stories. We, we hesitate to share our story because we feel our testimony is not good enough. Let me tell you, if your story is rooted in Jesus, that's good enough. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It's good enough. And you would be surprised as well na yung kwento mo pala, akala mo, uh, ikaw lang ang namiministeran, but someone you, you haven't even talked in the church is experiencing the same thing. Magugulat ka na yung pinagdadaanan mo pala, tapos yung isang sinabi mo lang na prayer mo kay Lord, ka-minister na sa, sa isang tao na hindi mo naman nakakausap sa church. We are surrounded by a so great a cloud of witnesses. You are not alone. So remember the faith journey of others. That's point number one. Point number two, let us repent from the sins that easily entangle us. Let us repent from the sins that easily entangle us. That's the second part of verse one. Uh, in the NIV says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles i'll talk about repentance in a bit but let me ask let me ask what are the sins what are the sins that we easily cling to ano yung mga mga ginagawa natin mga kasalanan na yun yung ating go to you know what no surprise it's the little things the things that we take for granted. Sabi nga sa Song of Solomon's. <clears throat> song of Songs. It's the little foxes that ruin the vineyard. What are those sins that easily and sometimes without notice take hold of your life? We tend to repent of those big things in our lives. But we forget, we take for granted those little things. Let me just mention two. And I'm not, I'm just mentioning two. I'm not saying this is you. I'm, I'm, I'm not pointing fingers. I'm actually, you know, this is a journey that we're all in. And this could be me as well. Let me just mention two. Binging and complaining. Binging and complaining. Let me explain. Name binging? You know, you know before, before this technological advancement, people only binge on two things. Alcohol and chismes. Alcohol and chismes. You know, I, I understood the weight of that word binge uh, when I was early 20s. So confession time, please don't judge me. <laughs> So I was working in uh, Makati at that time. Of course, merong regular checkup. Like patcheckup ako because I, I keep uh, experiencing the, these headaches. So of course, the doctor will ask questions, you know, about about your lifestyle, ganyan, ganyan. Okay, so do you do sports? Yes, I play basketball once a week. Yeah. Uh, do you sleep? How how long do you sleep? Mga five hours. Tapos I sleep in the morning because ang shift ko was you know in the evening. So I sleep in the morning, five hours, uh, not very deep sleep. Do you smoke? No. Do you drink? Uh, occasional. Uh, sabi ng doctor, h- define occasional. Uh, occasional. <laughs> occasional. O oh, sige, how many bottles do you drink in a week? Um, three. Said Three. That's a lie, by the way, it's <laughs> a lie. I drink more than that when I was early 20s. Sabi niya, Iho, that's not occasional drinking. That's binge drinking. You're binging on alcohol. Boom. I realized it, it was my go-to pleasure at that time. But you know what, there are so many things that we binge on now. More than alcohol and chismes, we binge on social media, we binge on games and gadgets, we binge on a TV series, and I'm not, I'm not being a KJ by the way, <laughs> I'm just figuring out the, the root of that binge is the urge to satisfy instant pleasure the desire to fulfill instant gratification in your life you know what happens at the end of a tv series that you complete you feel empty you know at the end of a binging in alcohol you you have hangover you know, at the end of talking and talking and talking about people in chismis you feel bad. When we try to have some instant gratification that's not rooted really in what Christ gives us as a complete joy, it will leave us empty. It will leave us empty. I love you guys. <laughs> but let me mention the other one, complaining. Complaining. You know, we might think that it's just natural to complain, which may be true because we don't easily, you know, get contentment. But it's also not helpful helpful. It does not help you. It does not help those who hear you complain. It's not even helpful to put your complaint on Facebook. marami nakarelate. How many of you, you want to hang out with a friend who complains a lot? You don't, right? You don't want to, to hang out with a friend who complains a lot. And if people are not hanging out with you, maybe you're that guy. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> you know, I, I've been listening to this guy, Trevin Wax. Um, it's, I'm leaning on him uh, in, in researching this, me, this message. He, he, he gave an illustration that I, uh, I just want to contextualize. Um, how many of you uh, go to or see or travel around Quezon Memorial Circle? Do you know Quezon Memorial Circa- Circle? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So either you, you have your own car or you commute, take a grab. Alam mo yung Quezon Memorial Circle. Uh, QMC or the elliptical road is a roundabout, right? Complaining is like a roundabout. Complaining is like entering a roundabout. And not exiting just imagine you know you're just going around elliptical road without exiting yes you're moving you are moving but you're not going anywhere that's what complaining does you are moving you are saying something you are affecting people but you're not going anywhere Why do we complain? You now I have a theory, we complain because two things, they are connected. We did not get what we deserve or we got what we did not deserve. Okay, we did not get what we deserve, for example, I deserve that promotion, I deserve that job, I deserve that pay raise. And it was given to someone else. It was not given to me. It was delayed. I deserve that. Or, we got what we did not deserve. Something like, you know, I woke up early. I prepared for work. I studied in my class. Got stuck in traffic. Napagalitan ng boss. Bumagsak sa exam. Hindi naka- Nakapag-exam, I don't deserve that. I don't deserve that. You know, the interesting thing is, you know, those two statements, getting what you do not deserve and not getting what you deserve are both true. They are true. But what complaining does is it points those statements at the wrong thing. The gospel corrects that statement this way. So if you tell me that you did not get what you deserve, I will tell you, brother, that's true. I agree with you. You did not get what you deserve because what you deserve is judgment. And you did not get it. Jesus got that judgment for you. And if you tell me, Pastor, I got what I do not deserve, I will tell you, yes, brother, I agree with you. You got what you do not deserve. That is also true because you do not deserve mercy and yet you have it. You get mercy because of Jesus. And so if you put things in that gospel perspective, what are we to do but not Complain. What are we to do but just to praise the Lord? So, you know, I'm just singling out two, two things, two little things. But, friends, consider the impact of these two seemingly simple things to your soul binging and complaining. They may look little. But you know what? They are heavy baggages around your soul. They are heavy baggages around your soul. No wonder, you know, sometimes waking up feels so heavy. What are the little things that easily entangle us? My plea for you, brothers and sisters, is to repent. Repent. You know the good news is repentance is a gift. You know sometimes we when we hear repentance it feels like, you know, a big a you know a heavy thing on our backs. But I ha- I want for us to see that repentance is a gift. It is a gift to recognize that if you continue with the path that you are in right now you will be miserable. It, it is a gift to recognize that when you continue to be miserable, you need, you need the intervention of God. And so that's, you know, if I, there are a lot of things many people say about repentance, and you can see also uh, what repentance is in the scripture. But let me just give um You know, for me, a personal definition of what repentance is. For me, repentance is on one hand, you realize, you recognize, you see your misery. On the other hand, you also see God's mercy. You see your misery, you see God's mercy, and they put them together, and that's repentance. And you say, God, I agree with you. I'm miserable without you. I'm turning around. Acts 3.19 says, Repent then, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out. And what will happen? That times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Now, yes, repentance is a turning point in our Christian faith. That's the moment that the Lord, you know, transforms your heart. But repentance is also a lifelong discipline we only stop doing it when there's no need for it anymore. But if there there are still sins that easily entangle us, you know, the good news is we can appreciate the gift of repentance. You know, we only fail in our Christian faith if we stop repenting. Let me repeat that. We only fail in our Christian faith when we stop repenting. So that's point number two, repentance of sins, from sins that easily entangle us. Third point, how do we live faithfully as Christians in an anxious world? There's a need for us to rediscover the race we are running in. Rediscover the race that we are running in. Hebrew says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. You know, the world, the world will always present to us a kind of race that we need to succeed, right? You know, in school, there's a pressure for us to graduate with honors and sometimes just to graduate is a, is a pressure in itself. When you're at work, there's a pressure, a race, to rise that corporate ladder. In your family, there's a pressure for you to get married and have kids. In old age, there's a pressure to have a good retirement, to leave a good legacy. For those who are young professionals, there's a race, there's a desire to to travel around the world, to visit as many cities as you can. Meron ngang naging trend, uh, and I'm glad it's uh, short-lived uh, trends sa social media. You put your age, di ba? Twenty-four. Nakapuntan na sa ganito, sa ganito, sa ganito, sa ganito. <laughs> IDC. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> you know, those are good races. And I hope you will excel in them in school, in work. I hope that you will succeed at work. You know, I hope that people will pursue uh, having Christ-centered marriage. I hope that people will leave a good legacy in their family, good retirement. But friends, that is not the main event. That is not the main event. You know, when we are reading Hebrews, this uh, this this is written in the context of of uh, Greek culture, and what's big then is uh, the Olympics, or the the sports, the sports they have, and the main event in the Olympics at that time is race, right? The race. Just two descriptions of this race on how we can discover rediscover them. This race has been already set before us. Keep that in mind. This race has already been set before us. In this race, the kind of race that we are in, it requires endurance. It requires endurance. For those who are running, for those who are into uh, this kind of activity, what kind of running requires endurance? Long, long Long distance. Friends this race is not a sprint it's a marathon How many of you did uh, 5k 10k 15k 21k would you raise your hand Yeah Satileyan Tuscan What's the average for what's the average for 5k How ganon kab yun time Average I'm mentioning because the, the one and only time I did 5K, I think I did maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> what happens when you run sprint on a 21K without even training before that? What will happen to you? Forget about it. <laughs> you know this race requires endurance in this race that the author is talking about is a race towards likeness. and likeness is a marathon not a sprint it takes endurance it takes getting rid of those Sins that easily entangle us because it weighs heavy on our, bad, on our body. And when we rediscover that this is the only race that matters, everything else in the world, everything else that the world throws at you that may cause you to worry, that may cause you sleepless nights, it fades into the background. It will not matter. All that will matter is how you are growing more and more like Christ. That's the race that matters, my friends. How are you growing more and more like Christ? Could you just turn to, to your sitmate right now and just ask? Are you, are you growing more and more like Christ? Who do you look like right now? You know, we need to keep that in mind. We need to keep that in mind because, you know, you are not competing against other Christians. They are not even the standard of your race. You know who you are competing against? Ani kung ane yung standard by which you will measure your race. Your old self. Who you are five years ago. Who you are last week who you are before the prayer and fasting that we had. Kum before prayer and fasting, you know, gustong gusto naman ang mag-bacon. Pero after prayer and fasting, parang, ah, bacon, pray na lang ako. Nice. By the way, hindi pa ako nagbe-bacon this week. Ha? Wala kasi bacon sa bahay know who you are last year who you are five years ago in your christian faith are you growing closer and closer and looking more and more like christ you are not competing against you know other christians and people that you see in intentional discipleship conference they are not even the standard of your christian faith christ is know I like this I like this passage Ephesians 4 I'll read verse 14 and 15 and I'm reading I think in the a new new English translation NET so we are no longer to be children tossed back and forth by waves and carried about by every wind of teaching by the trickery of people who craftily, craftily carry out their deceitful schemes. Verse 15, but practicing truth and love, we will all things grow up more and more and more like Christ who is the head. You know what I like about this verse? Becoming more and more like Christ. It's not just a personal goal. It's a community project. It's a community project. Looking more and more like Christ is not just up to you. We are all in this together, including the church leaders, the people that you see at church, your wife, your husband, your children. They are instruments that God will use to make you more and more like His Son. It's a group project. And so, you know, this passage, let me present to you what I have been praying during this fasting week and, you know, this is, I'm preempting this and, and I'm sharing this to all of you but I will also present this to our consistory. This is, I hope, our battle cry for 2019. Our battle cry, our theme for 2019 is this passage in one word our battle cry for 2019 is Christlikeness. You know, I hope that we will journey together this year in discovering what it means to have Christlike maturity, to develop a Christlike community, and to pursue Christlike mission to the world. Let me repeat that. You no, know, I hope this year we will journey together in discovering what it means to have a Christ-like community, each one of us. To develop a Christ-like community, what it looks like when people are gathered together, growing more and more like Christ. And lastly, to pursue a Christ-like mission to the world. You know, our preaching throughout the year will revolve around this. I hope our programs and ministry activities this year will be shaped by these uh, themes and I hope that our support in terms of resources and your support and our people will go towards pursuing this theme of Christ-likeness. But how do we do that, Pastor? How do we do that? Well, we have the whole year to discover it together. But here's the most important first step towards that direction. We look to Christ. We look to Christ. Which is my fourth and final point. We are to remain focused on Jesus. Verse 2 says, Keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set out for him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Pastor, how do I do that? You know, we've been quoting this passage many times. How do I fix my eyes on Jesus? Does that mean I just go to church every Sunday? Does that mean I only sing songs that has the name Jesus in it? You know, people two weeks ago went to Quiapo and saw the Nazareno. Are they looking to Christ? You know, let's, let's look at the passage on what it means to look to Christ. How do we remain focused on Jesus? You know, one, by rec- recognizing who he is in connection to you. Who he is. Number two, by appreciating what he has done, how he did it, and why, and for what purpose. And number three, understanding where he is right now. Okay, those three things. Recognizing who he he is in connection to you. Appreciating what he has done, how he did it, and for what purpose. And lastly, by understanding where he is right now. So let's break that down. Who is he? As we fix our eyes on him, our passage says he is the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. He is the author and perfecter of your faith. If He started a good work in you, He will be faithful to complete it until He returns. He will hold you fast. And what has He done? How did He do it and for what purpose? Well, He endured the cross despite the shame it entails. He endured the cross with joy. You know, how is that even possible for someone to be crucified, but in his life, there's a joy that is set before him? How is that even possible? Well, Jesus did it. He endured the cross. This is the purpose. He endured the cross to satisfy the judgment of God and to bring us to God himself. And understanding where he is right now, our passage says he is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Bottom line, that means he is in charge. And he, I mean, if you're just you know, answering these things in this passage, it will just address our anxiety. No friends, this is the reason why faith in Jesus, I believe, I strongly believe, is the only real and lasting solution to the worries of the world. Because the solution is completely in the hands of someone who can completely do something about it. So how can we faithfully live out our Christian faith? In the midst of, you know, an increasingly anxious world, four things I'm just summarizing. Remembering the faith journey of others, repenting from the sins that entangle us, rediscovering the race that we are in, and remaining focused on Jesus. Let me close with a written prayer. You know, the, the Valley of Vision is a book a collection of Puritan prayers that have been uh, my companion in my uh, personal quiet time and let me share with you one of the prayers there the prayer says my father in a world of created changeable things Christ and his word alone remain unshaken O to forsake all creatures, to rest as a stone on His foundation, to abide in Him, be borne up by Him. For all my mercies come to Christ, who has designed, purchased, promised, effected them. How sweet it is to be near Him, the Lamb, filled with holy affections. When I sin against thee, I cross thy will, love, life, and have no comforter, no creature to go to. My sin is not so much this or that particular evil, but my continual separation, disunion, distance from thee, and having a loose spirit towards thee but thou has given me a present jesus thy son a mediator between thyself and my soul a middleman who in a pit holds both him below and him above for only he can span the chasm breached by sin and satisfy divine justice may i always lay hold upon this mediator as a realized object of faith. Let us pray. Father, may we really lay hold upon Jesus, our mediator as a realized object of our faith. Not just a subject of what we really look for not just a you know a door that will give us what we really want he is the object of our faith Lord we live in a world that's increasingly becoming fearful and anxious this is not an accident Lord this is not even beyond your control this is completely in your hands. You completely know what is happening, whether outside the world and in our hearts. And so I pray, Lord, in behalf of Breadcombe Kaisun City, help us remember the faith journey of others, and not just think of ourselves. Help us look to the scriptures and realize that you have provided for us a treasure of stories to encourage our soul. Help us look at church history, our forefathers, people who went before us and see that they also experienced the same spiritual struggles as we are experiencing now. Help us learn from them and also see their mistakes and learn anyway. Lord, help us actively hear the stories of our church uh, our fellow church members to pursue christian fellowships and really understand what is going on in their hearts lord encourage us to share our testimony and our testimonies doesn't have to always be ending in victory we can just depend on you even in our misery lord search our hearts Search our hearts for things, for sin that we need to repent. We've asked for your forgiveness, Lord, for the sins that easily entangle our souls, for the many times that we have been complaining because we think that we deserve something. Remind us of the gospel that shows us that because of Jesus Christ, we got what we do not deserve, then that is grace. Lord, teach us to see that we are in a race and help us endure the race to Christ-likeness and fix our eyes upon you. Realize that you started this good work in our hearts and you will finish it. Realize that you have done this on the cross Help us be reminded of that every single time. And help us appreciate where you are now. You are completely in charge. And in all these things, Lord God, we don't know what will happen in our society, in our election, in our nation, in the world. We don't know what will happen, but you do. And we are sure that your hands are secure. And so we fix our eyes on you, the author and perfecter of our faith. In your name we pray. Amen.